words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned on this program no longer exist. Blind Like Me does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindlikeme plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindlikeme plus subscribe at groups.io. Friends and neighbors, and welcome to another exciting edition. We've run those guys out of here with their hammers and saws. And it's time for Blind Like Me. And uh, this Blind Like Me is being recorded on the 20th of uh, October. Yeah, 20th of October, 2003, in case you listened later and you wondered what was going on and what we were talking about. And uh, what else do I need to tell you? Anyway, we'll be here for an hour, and this show is going to be our monthly thing that we do with with Dale Campbell called Cooking in the Dark. And how are you, sir? I am doing great, Phil. How are you doing today? Well, I'm fine. The sun is out, and um, I uh, just love beautiful days exactly like this. The air conditioner's off. The doors are open. It's uh, weather feels good. I guess it's the same way down there. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely perfect down here. These are days that I used to have to worry about getting fired from work because I was definitely playing hooky <laughs> and finding the golf course. But All right. The car wreck, the blindness, and hey, here we are. We're cooking in the yeah. dark today. Let's do it. Go ahead. All right. Today we are going to do the uh, the crockpot meal. Basically, we're going to cook a nice big beef tip roast, yeah. new potatoes, carrots in the crockpot. And seeing how it's the 20th of October and how a get-down wean is just around the corner, uh, we're going to have pumpkins everywhere. So we're going to be doing some pumpkin seeds. We're also going to be doing a no-bake Pumpkin pie, that's right, no bake, mix it up, put it in the pie shell, and put it in the refrigerator, and it's done. What a deal. And then we're also going to be doing, to go with our roast and dinner, some pumpkin muffins. Now, all these recipes came in, except for the roast. The roast is my own personal recipe. Came in from our cooking in the dark list. And since our last radio show, we had a little trouble with uh, our listserv host at uh, Yahoo Groups, and we had to change the address, and we're now at Topica as our host. So the, the Cooking in the Dark email list, if you're not a member, get on there. There's great tips, great recipes, and just wonderful people all the way from Australia, New Zealand, all the way over to England, Hawaii, Canada. We're getting recipes in from all over the place. So to, to subscribe to the list, it's cookinginthedark-subscribe, all that's lowercase and squished together, no spaces. Cooking in the Dark dash subscribe at Topica, T-O-P-I-C-A dot com. And then once you subscribe, you'll get a uh, message back saying, you know, that you need to respond to. Do you want to really be a member? 
And, of course, you do. So just respond to that, and you're on the list, and then get ready for all kinds of great information. So uh, with that in, in, uh, in detail, let's get to cooking. What we've got going on today is a, a crock pot. Now, my version, my crock pot is a four-quart crock pot. Crock pots come anywhere from one quart to six quarts. Yeah. And doing a little research, we've kind of found some interesting information. And uh, using a crock pot, you're not supposed to use a crock pot and fill it all the way full. A crock pot is, it needs to be at least half full, but not over about two-thirds of the way full. Well, I did not know that. I did not either. Uh, also, if you're going to be cooking chicken or some smaller, leaner cuts of meat in it, like pork chops, uh, they suggest freezing them overnight and then putting them in the crock pot and cooking. And that way the meat will cook at a, and be done at about the same time the vegetables are. So freeze the meat? Freeze the, the meat? If it's, uh, if it's chicken or, uh, say, a Cornish hen, poultry like that, they don't say freeze it hard. Just put it in and freeze it overnight. Another suggestion was to get your vegetables. Now, some crockpots have liners that are removable, yeah, and others don't. But if you have one with a removable liner, you can prepare everything the night before, put it in the refrigerator. The next morning before you take off to work, pull the liner out, put it in the crockpot, put it on low, and step away from the crockpot. <laughs> yeah, and takes, that... uh, on low, it takes about oh, eight to nine, ten hours for the, for the meal to be cooked which will be perfect by the time you leave in the morning and come back in, in the evening, your meal is ready to go. Yeah, when you get home, supper is, uh, is ready, isn't it? Supper you is know. done. And no muss, no fuss. It's but so easy to do. Let me, let's freeze in the meat thing. Let me just, just on that for a minute. They say freeze the meat and, and then put it in the crock pot frozen with the water and the, everything yeah, else. Yeah, with water or the broth or the vegetables or whatever you're going to be doing. And because it, the vegetables usually cook a little bit slower, then like chickens or thinner cuts of, of pork, like pork chops or something like that. Mm -hmm. That was just one of the suggestions, one of the little tips that was in, in the reading that I found, uh, that's which I, very, I really liked. Very that's interesting. It. All right, Good go ahead. Idea. So what we've done, I've got my uh, new potatoes. I've scrubbed them down, and I've cut these potatoes into quarters. I cut them in half across the potato, and I cut, them, cut those halves in half again. Just cut them down again so they'll cook a little bit faster. I've also added roughly about three cups of baby carrots. Now I've put these in the bottom of the crock pot. On top of that, now I've laid our roast. And our, the roast is about two point, well, two pounds, three ounces. Now one suggestion also in this guide is if your meat that you're cooking is over two and a half pounds, to cut it in half. Cut it down and okay. again it'll help it cook a little bit faster. Okay. So now with our roast, I've got a can of beef broth soup, and that is like Sally sells seashells by the seashore to spit out for me. And it's just beef broth. Just beef broth. And it is, of course, Campbell's soup. Yeah. I wish I was getting a little money off of them for them using my name, but it, it's not going to happen. No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> nah. Now, I've also added, or I'm adding, a uh, can of cream of mushroom soup. Mm -hmm. And these soups, I'm just dumping right in on top this it is actually, this cream of mushroom is laying right on top of the meat. The broth, of okay. course, kind of went down around the meat and sitting down in the bottom of the crock pot near the vegetables. Veggies in the bottom, meat on top, and then, and then pour the broth also, around. We're gonna add, I'm going to add just about another can of just water. And the can of water is in the soup can. Just to bring the level up about to about two-thirds of the way up the pot. Turning the crock pot on. 
Okay, now, I, I, I know everybody knows this, but let's just say it anyway. This is an electric appliance. Yes. This is not a sit-on-the-stove thing. This is electric. You plug it in, and most of them have a control that you can decide temperatures and, uh, you know. Yeah, and that's, uh, most of them have a low and a high. A high setting will usually cook the meal in uh, about five hours, give or take an hour either way. Uh, the low setting is usually around eight hours, and again, give or take either way. Uh, but these crockpots are just wonderful. You can check out on the web, www.crockpot.com. There are hundreds of recipes on there. You can also order accessories, other crockpots, slow cookers. Some of the accessories for this, fill are even a liner that you can put in that you can bake a cake in it. Really? Or you can bake breads in it. And I was like, wow, check this out. You can bake breads in a crockpot. Mine you, can, kind of mine you can fry it. in. You you can you can fry potatoes in mine. I mean, it's it will get that hot. Yes. Uh, yes. One of the uh, one of the recipes that came through the list that we almost did was uh, ham and scallop potato mm-hmm. little casserole recipe. It was just layering the ham and sliced potatoes and cheese, and that was it. Then you put. You know, put the crock pot on low and put the lid on it and step away from the crock pot. How much trimming did you do of the of this roast that you got? Did you trim uh, the fat? Absolutely none. None. I'm going to let it cook with the fat that was kind of around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't too much fat on it. It was trimmed down pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to let it cook uh, with the fat just to help flavor those put vegetables. Flavor in the juices. Oh, yeah. The one thing I've just added was a... Uh, I guess a bag, you can call it, of Lipton onion soup mix. Oh, yeah. This is the, uh, you buy it in the store, it comes in a box, it comes in a little pouch, package or a pouch. And I've, the flavor I used was onion. Now, it's just a great little seasoning additive that a lot of people use for meatloaf. I use it in these roasts, and it just adds a lot of flavor to the, to the, um, to the meat. In fact, anything you add it to is going to be, unless you add it to post-toasties or... Or right. cereal, anything really you those nicely. anything you add it to is going to be better because you use it. Uh, I'm an onion man. I, I I don't want to live in a house where there isn't half dozen onions. Right? Yeah, you're like me. We put onions in almost everything. Uh, we do. Be it if you uh, some people that aren't onion people, you can even yeah. take them and grate the onion up. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes they won't even know it's in there yeah. with it being grated. That's what we're going to do with the mushrooms, so Luann won't know they're there. See? Yeah, so, there you go. It'll be all, all right. right. This is it. We're done. Uh, dinner is served. Now you can just simply step away from the crock pot. <laughs> yeah. I've got. I put the crock pot on high because it's about one o'clock here, mm-hmm. and uh, we will be eating dinner with this tonight. So I have to have it prepared by about six thirty. <laughs> Mama comes home. So you want it to do faster than normal? Yeah, I'm going to let it cook a little bit faster. Normally, I would do this in the morning, put it on uh, around 8 or 9 in the morning, and just let it cook on low all day. Now, this crock pot has got a keep warm setting on it as well. Some crock pots have a automatic setting. In the automatic setting, it'll cook on low, and then it'll kick it up to high. So it'll make sure the meal is done for you or your food or whatever you're making in it, soup uh-huh. or oatmeal or whatever is done. Well, what are you going to do for the rest of the hour if you got dinner ready here? Well, I tell you what, seeing how it's pumpkin time, how about we do some pumpkin seeds real fast? I would have no problem with that all at right. all. Now, what I've got, I've, I've got just a jack-o'-lantern, cut the top out of it, and I've reached in and dug out, woo, 
for anybody that hasn't done that, what an experience. That's a nasty little feeling digging inside of cleaning out a pumpkin. I haven't done it in a long time. Uh, <laughs> it'll make you kind of cringe there at first until you get used to all that stringy mess. In yeah, there. it won't hurt you, though. It's, no. Your hands will wash. Um, Nothing in there at all. So what I did was I cleaned out, just basically reached in with my hand and cleaned out the stringy seeds that are inside the pumpkin. You cut the top off, so you cut your hand down in there. Cut the top off and just reached in and just basically cleaned the inside of the pumpkin out like you would if you were going to make a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. Put these in a colander, the seeds that is, and just simply washed them down, cleaned them up, picked out some of the stringiness, and got it down to where I just had pumpkin seeds. After that, I took them and put them on a paper towel and kind of dried them out. And then put them on a, a shallow, either either a cookie sheet with some sides on it, y'all, or a shallow cake pan works the best. I laid foil first on the cake pan. Then I spread just a little bit of olive oil, not much, just enough to get a little oil all over the, the uh, foil. Yeah. Spread the, the uh, seeds out, salted, peppered, add whatever seasonings you want. Pop them in a 350-degree oven. At uh, uh, for about 15 minutes, I took them out after the 15 minutes, stirred them up, mixed them around a little bit, flipped and flopped them, put them back in for about another 15 minutes, and they're done. Now this is all the stringy stuff out of the pumpkin. Yeah. You you. Now inside the stringy stuff is is actually where the seeds are at. That's where the seeds grow at. And I cleaned all that off of the seeds so that the only thing that I put in the oven was strictly just the pumpkin seeds. Was strictly the seed, so so you got rid of all the stringy stuff. Got rid of all the stringy stuff. Okay, and just put the pumpkin seeds. Just so that was quite a, that was quite a little job, wasn't it? That's, uh, uh, it wasn't too bad. It was pretty easy, in fact. Uh, they, they cleaned out real easy, and um, this, once I started running it, you know, under the kind of a, a warm, hot water, yeah, they cleaned out pretty nice. They were kind of slimy. You know, you had to watch out, and when they got wet, they'd get kind of slippery. And that's I'm all right. sure I've got a few pumpkin seeds around here that Mama will have to find. <laughs> Once you get home, but that was it. Put them in the oven, poof, time warp, yeah. and there they are. They're all nice and done. And in fact, I was munching on a few of them before you called. I never thought of ready. I never thought of eating pumpkin seeds. Uh, they're what are they? Just crunchy little. Well, you uh, they actually are similar to like a sunflower seed. I'll be done. You break the uh, break the, the the shell open. Yeah. And inside is a nice, tasty little seed. So by salting them, it kind of puts a little salt taste on them, so you can you know suck the salt off like a sunflower seed, and then break inside. Now some people will eat the the seed, the the husk, the everything, just chew them up and swallow them. You know I prefer to kind of break them open and get the seed out, the kernel out, yeah. and, and spit the uh, spit the shell out. All right, why don't we take our little first break and uh, see what Don Patterson has to say, and and be back with more cooking in the dark and Dale Kimball in just a second. Well, we've lost Don. Where would Don go? Don, if you don't mind, um, we're ready. I have the answer. Each year, 
the American Foundation for the Blind presents its AFB Livable Community Awards to honor the best places to live in the United States for people who are blind or visually impaired. The awards, which are a component of AFB's Livable Communities Project, recognizes cities and towns that have developed solutions for facilitating the participation of blind and visually impaired residents in community activities. This year's winner was Charlotte, North Carolina. Five other U.S. cities were also honored based on the accessibility they provide their residents. Coming in second behind Charlotte was Berkeley, California, followed by Kalamazoo, Michigan, and New York City. La Crosse, Wisconsin, and Louisville, Kentucky were also honored. AFB launched the Livable Communities Project to document environmental features such as the walkability of a city, availability of public transportation, cost of living, and availability of jobs at various skill levels that create or limit access for blind or visually impaired people. I think this is a worthwhile uh, project. Personally, I am surprised that New York City didn't finish any more than fourth, and I'm also surprised that Las Vegas, Nevada wasn't mentioned at all, because I find these two cities to be very accessible, and it seems to me that they offer a lot of opportunities. I'll see you down at the travel agency. On the blind side, I am Don Patterson. On the blind side, answering questions nobody asks. Well, I didn't think we were going to have Don there, but sure enough, he showed up. Thank God for small favors. I don't know what I did wrong. Who knows? Anyway, we're cooking in the dark today with uh, with Dale Kimmel. How is this our third show? How many have we done? Three? This is our fourth show, Don. Yeah, fourth, fourth show. Fourth show. Sure huh? is. All right. And we're yeah, doing the first that. one. Uh, woo. Yeah, the first one seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? I guess it does, doesn't it? I just I couldn't remember. So we're, we're crock-potting today, uh, for one thing. And what else? Go ahead. Well, we've got, uh, we're ready to make our, I think we'll go ahead and get our pumpkin pie made. And then after that, we will uh, do the pumpkin muffins. This pumpkin pie, y'all, is so easy. It is nothing more than one package, an eight-ounce package of cream cheese, half a stick of butter or four tablespoons of butter that's softened. Uh, you also want to add about two tablespoons of pumpkin pie spice. And... Um, about a tablespoon of vanilla. Now, one thing we were all talking about on the cooking list was, you know, when we're doing liquid measurements, and uh, you, you've just got a tablespoon or a teaspoon That's to add. That's hard to Sometimes, do. Man, it's so difficult to measure that. It is. So uh, one of the great tips that came across the list was at the pharmacy or, you know, at be it Walgreens or Eckerd's that we have here in Texas or even at the local grocery store, sometimes they're pharmaceutical areas. You can go up to the pharmacist and request a syringe that is used for giving <laughs> children medicine. And what I, I went up and requested it, and sure enough, they gave me excuse me three of them that were that were tablespoon size. So I've had it marked. You know, when I pull the syringe out, I've got it notched so I know where a half a tablespoon is. I know where a whole tablespoon is. Of course, that's the whole one. Yeah. And that's it. 
and it's so easy to use for this vanilla that I had to add. Instead of holding the, the jar over the sink and pouring in the tablespoon and measuring it and making, you know, listen yeah. to it spill when you know you had enough in it. Nah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. Just did the old syringe trick. Whoop, pulled the stuff well, out, filled it up, squirted it right in the bowl, and that was it. It's amazing. So I, I, my favorite drink in the wintertime is hot chocolate with a little shot of brandy in it. Some, there are days when I drink too many of those. but uh, yeah. And so I have a syringe, rather than trying to pour out of the brandy bottle and not knowing how much I get, that I stick down, I keep a jar, a little jar of brandy sitting on the, and I just stick my syringe down in there, fill it up, and squirt it down in the cup so I won't get too much or too little. I get the same amount every time. I didn't know anyone else had thought of that, but that's a wonderful that's idea. Say, just a wonderful, wonderful tip. Wonderful yeah, so just tip. go to the pharmacy and, and tell him what you're trying to do, and, and they'll give you or sell you. Uh, some syringes. Yeah, yeah, and they just they just gave these to me, and again, they're for uh, kids. You know, as long as they don't have a, a needle or are available to have a have a needle, you can buy them without any yeah. any problems or hassles. Or if you've got a cool pharmacist or friends or whatever, they'll uh, heck, they'll probably just give them to you, which is wonderful. So what we've got we've got in the mixing bowl, we've got the cream cheese in here, we've got the butter, we've got the um, pumpkin pie spice, we've got the vanilla, and I'm just going to mix these up real quick. You want to mix them up for about a minute and a half until it's nice and creamy. All right. And then after that, we're going to add a can of pumpkin. It's a 16-ounce can of pumpkin, and that's all we've got to add. Two cups of pumpkin is what it is. All right. Now, if you want to use a real pumpkin to be a, to make a pumpkin pie or for any of these pumpkin recipes, take your jack-o'-lantern after you've cleaned out all the seeds and got those going in the oven. Cut the skin off, the outside skin of the pumpkin off, so you just have the pumpkin meat. Uh huh. And then you want to boil this meat for about 30 minutes. After you boil the meat, it's ready for use. And you can just mash it up with like a, uh, a potato masher or just, you know, using your mixer or anything like that. Just mix it all up and uh, break, down, break it down and it's ready for use. But no, that's not what you have. You bought some pumpkin in a can. Yeah, yeah. I, I got lazy and just bought, a, uh, bought some something. Sure. Okay, now I'm also adding... One and a half cups of confectioner's sugar. All right. Now, how does that come? Uh, Confectioner's sugar is basically it's kind of like a powdered sugar. Mm-hmm. It's a real, real, real fine sugar. And that comes in a box. Uh, it comes in like, you know, similar to like what you would buy, um, oh, heck, brown sugar. Yeah. How do you like that? How do you how do you measure? I guess you can just open the sack just, or yeah, box just in. like you would flour. What I did was I opened the box up and actually dumped it into a um, a gallon sized Ziploc bag because the so box that, was kind of small. I couldn't get my measuring cups down in it, and uh, this way now, I mean, I've got it in the bag. I know what it is. You can without the, being able to read the doggone labels. I won't get it confused with any of the other boxes. You that can are stick in there. the cup down in there and, and pull and get out what you want. Yeah. So yeah. now, when I need to store it, then I just take it. And uh, zip lock it shut, fold it back up, and actually stuff it back in the box. Yeah. So it's up and out of the way. That's good. Okay, I've just added the, the sugar and the uh, pumpkin. Now, this is a blender we're running here. And I'm blending it up again, mixing it all up nice and neat here. And I'm definitely making sure that I don't pull the mixer out with it still on. Because if you do... We don't need that mess going everywhere. If you do, you'll have things everywhere in the kitchen. <laughs> and you know, folks, we're almost done making our pie. 
You check the consistency here. Oh, yeah, nice and creamy. You don't suppose people think we use sound effects on this show, do you? No, there's no sound effects here. <laughs> this is live, real action. This is, right this here. is real fact, cooking, folks. You need to know Chelsea's that. over here, my guide dog. Like, mm, let me lick your fingers I off would there. I imagine. I imagine so. Yeah, I started Kelsey on a uh, diet of carrots as a snack instead of milk bones and anything else. The vet said he was getting a little fat. Carrots? I had no so idea he, that yeah, a dog. Carrots, man. I didn't know a dogs would eat carrots. Oh. Kelsey's like, woohoo, carrots. In fact, really? at the store last night, going through the store, we picked up a, some baby carrots, and he saw them and was like, yeah, all right, dog wants those. I'll have to remember that for Frankie, because she's certainly getting, we were gone, you know, and those boys that babysat my house, feed her pizza and, and bread and just all kinds, just, and you know, right. oh my God, she's huge. Um, they do put on the weight, that's for sure. Yeah, but and Kelsey's, Frankie's like Kelsey, he's a... It's a human vacuum cleaner almost. Yeah, Frankie. A canine just, uh, vacuum cleaner. <laughs> canine vacuum cleaner, yeah. Okay, I've taken, I've got my uh, graham cracker crust here, pie crust, and I didn't make it. I went the easy route and just bought it at the store. Yeah. And uh, I've taken, uh, they come and they've got kind of a plastic cover on them, so you want to make sure you remove that or you're going to have a pretty chewy, chewy pie. <laughs> it may not slice real well. Yeah, they do look like a pie crust, but they've got a plastic thing on them. Yeah, it comes in like a pie plate, and then the crust is in it, and it's got like a plastic safe. And, yeah. you know, sometimes, depending on the brand, too, you might want to check the bottom of the, underneath the plastic, between the plastic and the crust and the shell there, and make sure there's no paper. Mm. Sometimes they'll put a little advertising in there or something. Mm, that would scare, be scary. Okay, I put the dumps everything in it, uh, the uh, pie filling, if you will. Yeah. And um, kind of just lightly tapping the, the pie pan on the counter to, to level it out. And here's the best part. All right. Just slide it in the refrigerator. And let time do its thing. And in about six hours, you'll come back and have a delicious pumpkin pie. That's Candace amazing. got mad at me last time I made this. Who did? Candace. Why? Didn't eat it fast enough. It was tempting her. <laughs> kind of took her off her diet a little bit there, yeah. you know? Yeah. But that's all right. It's all good. All right, that's it. Pumpkin pie is done. Crock pot, the roast is crocking. It's going real nice. Yeah. So uh, you want to take a break now, or do you want to go ahead and jump into these muffins? No, let's go ahead and start, if you don't mind, and, and right. uh, we'll get uh, we'll take a break in just a minute. Okay. Um, the muffins, there's a, there's a few ingredients. Um, there's some dry ingredients and some wet ingredients. All right. So let me kind of run through the, the dry ingredients real fast. We're going to use three okay. and a half cups of flour. Okay. And it's all-purpose flour, three cups of sugar, just regular granulated sugar. Uh, it also calls for about a cup of raisins. Calls for two teaspoons of baking powder, or I'm sorry, baking soda. And, yeah, you might want to go with a, uh, oh, between a tablespoon and a half and two tablespoons. kind of up to you. We also need a tablespoon of, I'm sorry, a teaspoon of allspice and a teaspoon of cinnamon and about one and a half teaspoons of salt. Now, for the wet ingredients, of course, it's going to be one can of pumpkin. Whoops, technical problem there. Uh, Two-thirds of a cup of water, one cup of cooking oil, and four eggs. 
Now, again, on uh, if you'll go to our sponsor site, Blind Mice Mart, mm-hmm. and click on the Cooking in the Dark link, right. these recipes will be up there. Okay. And uh, so nobody fret about having to write these down real quick or worrying about them. They, they'll be posted there where you can yeah. print them out. I understand your list is growing just like crazy. It, just... it, it is phenomenal. We were up to, um, we were having to write around 80 to 90 members at Yahoo. And then um, when we moved, almost everybody moved with us. We lost a few people, and that could be expected. But yeah. um, now we're up to probably about 120 folks on the list right now. How many posts do you think you, you get a day? Not too many? or, or uh, The posts are running, um, I didn't check it at all over the weekend. And uh, there was about 47 posts on there over the weekend. Is that right? What's real nice, we were kind of getting out, you know, like most lists, every now and then you'll get a little out of hand. And uh, some posts will start going up that don't have anything to do with the topic of the list. And, yeah, at one point we were getting about 200 posted. And some of it was nothing more than just folks, hey, writing in and saying, oh, hey, great recipe. Thanks for posting that recipe. Or, oh, that's really, that sounds good. Yeah. So um, we've kind of, everybody on the list is just doing great so, you know, I've told everybody on the list it's y'all's list. I mean, you know, I mm. we got it started here off of this show. and uh, But, you know, the people make the list up. And with them, everybody being responsible and not answering and just posting those little goofy responses like that, yeah, it's really nice. Well, see, that's why we did the Blind Like Me list where we can talk about off-topic. And they talk about all kinds of things. So yeah, yeah. And in fact, we list. posted, um, I worked with old Mr. Mr. Shaw on that, and we, we posted a listing there. I saw that. And I think I think some folks did hop over there. I saw some new members jumping over there as well. We try to keep a monitor on all those lists. See it the handyman? Yeah, the handyman handyman list just kicks along and does does fine. You learn some good things off the handyman list. The handyman list, yes. Yes. And yeah. if you have a question just like the cooking list, just ask it. You're sure, sure. to get wonderful responses. You get experts. Just like we did with the uh the liquid thing. How do you measure these small little liquid amounts? You know, another tip that came in along the same lines was to um refrigerate, like the cooking oils and things like that that you have to measure. And that way you can actually feel, you know, with your finger where the, the level is when you're filling in, putting it in a measuring Yeah, because it's, a, it's a solid. It becomes, you know. Yeah, I, it, it comes with it being a little, um, it, yeah, it, it chills it a little. But I think, I think what it is actually what helps the most is the fact that it chills it. Yeah. I do that with sausage. Like if I'm gonna, if I know I'm gonna cook sausage in the morning when I get up, I may stick the roll of sausage in the freezer because it makes the patties easier to cut. It makes it a lot easier to cut, doesn't oh, it? It doesn't get so liquidy. Now, what, what are you doing now? Go ahead. Okay, what I'm doing right now, I've added, I put the pumpkin and the oil and the water and the egg in a bowl. This recipe calls for you to blend the uh, wet ingredients up first all together, and then fold them in into the dry ingredients. I've got the dry ingredients also in another bowl that I've already mixed up. Now, this is a hand after mixer. This, after we get this all mixed up in the batter, you simply just pour it into yeah. um, either a greased muffin tin mm-hmm. or into, um, you know, those little muffin papers, those little muffin cups. Now, that was, that was a, a hand mixer yeah. that you were using there. Yeah. Uh, is that the same thing you used a while ago, or you had a blender going a while ago, didn't no, you? No, same thing. Oh, you used, okay. Same All little right. hand mixer. I did change um, right. blades on it, I guess, or mixers or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I've got I'm... some that are real thin, little wires. Mm-hmm. Then I've got some that are, you know, the standard mixer, just a little heavier. 
I noticed it, it sounded different. Yeah, and it might have been the consistency of what we were mixing. I'm sure. Yeah, this is just a little um, little cheapy guy that we picked up like at Walmart. We don't use it that often, but it's nice. You know, it's nice to have. Sure. Okay, we've got the the wet ingredients in, and uh, let me wipe my hands off here. And we will be ready to mix these up and get them going. You know, on the cooking list, we added uh, we had some aprons printed up, and they're they're screen printed. The mouse on it, the, the logo says, uh, "You don't need sight to make dinner tonight." Yep. And uh, we've got a little mouth on there for anybody that might remember. It looks like the mouth on Tom and Jerry. Little little black mouth though, not a brown mouth. Little little belly on him. He's a yeast well, you know. He's a, he's a cooker. And he's got his dark sunglasses on, all uh, ZZ top and cheap so you, sunglasses. You can buy he's got these. Got his chef uh, hat on and a spatula in his hand. He's ready for business. So you can buy not these. Not to mention he that's you, been sewn back on, you know, because she is one of the original blind mice where <laughs> went out shopping one day and ended up at Hickory Farms, and the old farmer's wife wasn't real happy with him and whacked his tail off. So even got the stitches with his tail sewn back on. But a lot of pe people on the list have ordered theirs. In fact, I'm wearing mine right now as we're cooking. So hopefully I'm going to be getting these out uh, this week, today being Monday the 20th. I'm hoping to get them out by Tuesday or Wednesday so that everybody can be wearing their aprons when they listen to the show next weekend. Hey, you can hear the mixer, huh, Phil? Oh, man, I can hear Yeah, turn. this consistency, this stuff's a little bit thicker than what we were mixing earlier, and it's kind of putting a strain on this little guy. I'd love to have one of those nice big tabletop or countertop KitchenAid guys. They take up a lot of room, though. Okay. All right. Now, wait, wait a minute. You and you can you can you buy these aprons on on your uh, on your um, cooking in the dark uh, website? Yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're up on the uh, the Blind My Smart website. They're listed there. Just if you just put in the word blind, then you can. Uh, that'll be the quickest way to find them or apron yeah. in the search engine. Okay. Otherwise, they're they're in the uh, kitchen accessories with some of the other blind gadgets and and accessories that we have on there. But or you, you can uh, just email me at cooking in the dark. Mm -hmm. at houston.rr.com, okay. and I can take the information that way and get you squared yeah. away, too. All right, got let's... a special introductory rate on them, and uh, I can give everybody more information on that. If you're on the Cooking in the Dark list, you've got a little discount on them. Uh -huh. And uh, for other members as well, for uh, since it's our first run on them, we're normally retailing for uh, $21.99, but um, we're selling them for $18.40. Okay. So anybody can get one that way. If you're uh, on the cooking in the dark list, just uh, send a post to the list with the you know the subject line aprons, and uh, let me know that you're interested in getting one that way, and I can send you all the details on the, the special rate for being a, a list member mm -hmm. as well. Well, let's let's take that break now. How would that all be? Right. And, Sounds uh, good. Do more of our, our cooking in the dark show uh, with uh, with Dale Campbell in just a minute.
website our crack research team certifies screen reader friendly. Now with this week's blind site, here's Don Shaw. Hi there. I want to review a site today for the movie fans out there. You folks that want to go and see a movie that may wonder, well, how easy is this movie to keep up with for a, a, a totally blind person or partial sighted person? Well, now there's a way to find out. You visit this site and it will give you some idea about how friendly the movie may be for following along with the movie, for how well it, it describes scenes in the movie, just in general how friendly the movie is for a visually impaired person. If you're a movie fan of currently running movies or if you just want to go and uh, read some movie reviews for a movie that maybe you're interested in, in renting for your VCR, go and take a look at them. I think they're a really fine site. I would give them a screen reader friendliness rating of a 10. You'll find it real accessible. Anyway, if you're thinking about seeing a movie later this weekend, go and, go and take a look at them. Go to www.vasht, as in Tom, I, dot net. Hey, I'm fixing to go and find a movie to check out. Until next week, I'm Don Shaw. Keep on blind sighting. If you found a screen reader-friendly website you'd like us to mention, send your email to blindlikeme, all one word, at txucom.net. And join us again next time for Blind Sites. All right, back we are with Cooking in the Dark. Dale Campbell is cooking today, Dale. We are cooking today. Pumpkins, pumpkins, pumpkins. I keep thinking in my head, you know, that Charlie Brown and Linus, the great pumpkins. <laughs> and here we are, the great pumpkins. That's now, it. what I've done while we were gone there, Phil, while we were listening to Mr. Shaw tell us about that great movie site, I tell you, I'm going to have to check that out as well. Really? That sounds nice, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah that sounds really cool. Really cool. I'm uh, just scooping out the batter that we've made and uh, putting it in these little muffin papers. Okay. The old muffin tin. These are going to bake uh, in at a 350-degree oven for about 35 minutes. So delicious. you're just doing this with a spoon? I mean, you're just... Yeah, I'm using a, uh, a wooden spoon, kind of a larger wooden spoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, the batter is kind of sticky, so it's pretty nice. It's not really real runny. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to kind of just take a spoonful of it. Find the muffin tin or the muffin paper. And remember which ones you filled. Right. Try to remember. Set it up in your head. But it doesn't, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt to get your hands in it. I mean, if, you, oh, if, you're, in, if you're in doubt as to whether you fill one, take your hand and, and look. Uh, and uh, I tell you, y'all, with making this, this uh, batter, you might miss on purpose a lot more often just so you can <laughs> lick your fingers. Yeah. It is good stuff here. So that's about it for these muffins. They're ready to be popped in the oven. And the, the, uh, the pumpkin pie is in the refrigerator, refrigerating. Just that's chilling. amazing. That is, oh, that is such a great recipe. When I first read that, after it got posted to the list, I was like, that's my kind of pumpkin pie right there. Oh, this is someone sent this to the list. Yeah, this yeah. was every, uh, all the recipes that we're doing today. Yeah. 
have, except for the roast, the roast was mine, um, have been posted to the uh, to the cooking list. We have great recipes, and I want to give a shout out to some of the folks on the list, like uh, Charles right. and Phoenix, and uh, to Lee Stone up in New York, and his sister Jean. She's way up in Maine, but uh, you know some of these folks and Armando, they just they just go out of their way to, to post some good recipes, and uh, in fact Armando Armando, uh, he's on the blind handyman list as well. Yep, he is. He posts some tasty, tasty recipes that are uh, diabetic friendly. He turned us on to a website mm. called the Diabetic Gourmet. So anybody out there listening to the show that's diabetic, check that website out, www.diabeticgourmet. They have got fabulous recipes that are diabetic friendly. I think we had Armando on the show. I think, I think Yeah, I think so. Time. I think you all did. Yeah, he's up in, uh, he's up in Canada. So that's really, really and, good. And then we've got some folks down in New Zealand and uh, down in Australia that post quite a bit. And we had a little problem with our server. So we've, some people with these new viruses that we're getting out there, some of the Internet people were uh, increasing their security protection. Yeah. And it was kind of causing a problem with some of the messages getting through for some reason. But I'm happy to say we've got Andrew back on the list. I want to say hi to Maggie and Joe down in uh, New Zealand and I hope I'll be seeing y'all in 2005 when the Texas blind sailors invade the Kiwi country. We'll be looking to take home gold if that happens. I did um, all the president of the Texas blind sailors. Was, yeah, Jim. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, we did him for a uh, for a blind like me. All right. Which I need to put together and get on. Um yeah, we he is. Uh, he is. I tell you, he is working really hard to get us some money put together. They went to Italy uh, last year, and they ended up taking uh, second place in one of the classes. Yeah. But anybody looking to get more information on the blind sailing and see if it's even available in your area? I know Florida has a team. I know that Boston has a team, mm -hmm. um, and there may be some teams popping up. But go to uh, TexasBlindSailor.com and uh, just just read about it. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. we just we were out on the out on the ocean yesterday. In fact, in you know, the, beautiful weather, spent a few days, a little bit of time out there, just sailing. And you know, I'm just I'm the helmsman. They tell me, all right, you know, upwind, downwind, and I'll turn the the tiller and get the boat going that direction, and away we go. So that has that job has fallen to you. Yes. As the as the helmsman. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, the the way the team sets up and the way it works is everybody has uh, the helmsman has a sighted guide, if you will, you have that, to, yeah. um, you know, lets us, keeps us on course, keeps us in the direction, lets us know where the marks are, and then the, also for the team, is a, uh, a blind sail trimmer, and that person, you know, moves the sails if we're tacking one way or the other, or, uh, you know, keeps them in the wind, so that, you know, tightens down the jib, or whatever they need to do to, to keep the wind and the speed of the boat up, so they're, they're constantly pulling lines and trimming, trimming the sails to keep us going. But they also have a coach as well, or somebody to help yeah. tell them what needs to be done, and then they do it. There so, is a, oh, it's a lot of fun. There is a it's lot just, to know about sailing. I mean, it's not just going out there, putting up a sail, and and you know, hoping you go somewhere. There's boy, a lot, a lot of terminology, Ooh. and I'm learning every day. Yeah. I mean, this is my fourth time out this last time, and uh, I'm just now getting to when we tack. You know, making sure you duck so the sail doesn't whack you in the head coming across. And <laughs> but yeah, you don't. As long as you get out and you get back and you're not wet. I think sailing is all right. 
Yeah, but you, this uh, weekend you were you were under you were in a motor launch this week. You weren't sailing. Were you sailing this weekend? Uh, on Saturday we were uh, out on a yeah out on a power boat, and then uh, uh-huh. Sunday we went out and we were actually sailing. A little sailing on like a twenty five foot racing boat. It was really nice, really fun, and you could. So it's uh, you know sailing. In fact, when they train people to sail, a lot of times they blindfold them, so that you can let your senses tune in and get a feel for the boat. And when you can feel when the wind hits the sail just right, when it picks it up, because the speed picks up, the the list of the boat, the boat heels over a little bit as the wind fills the sail, and you can really feel a lot of what's going on in here, too. You know, with the water rushing by the tiller or, or, um, you know, just just different things. It's it's fabulous. And they they blindfold people when they're teaching them to... uh... To sail. Yeah, it helps tune their senses in a little bit. You can feel the wind a little bit better. You know, different boats, you need to keep, when you're sailing into the wind, you want to, you know, of course, you sail at an angle to the wind, and different boats sail better at different angles. Yeah. Like one boat we were practicing on, it sails better at a 45-degree angle. The boat we were on this last weekend sails better at about a 30-degree angle. And you've got to keep that in your head when you're tacking, because you're tacking, you're just moving the wind from, you know, the right side of the boat to the left side of the boat. So that you can change your course to still zigzag, you know, along a straight line, basically. Mm-hmm. So as you steer, you've got to keep in your mind that hey, I only need to move about 60 degrees, you know, from 30 degrees one to 30 degrees the other side of the wind, versus like in a boat that steers at 45 degrees, you're actually changing course almost mm-hmm. 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. You know, from 45 degrees on the right side of the wind to 45 degrees to the left of the now, wind. Now, when you steer. We don't want to get off on sailing too much, but just answer this one question for me. When you steer the boat, what are you turning? Are you moving the sail? Are you what are you moving, moving? the tiller? You've actually got a tiller and a rudder, on, and as the, you steer with that, under that's the boat. what actually turns the boat. Mm-hmm. And then you also have to move your sails to correspond with the wind direction. But this this tiller is under the boat. Yes, I mean, it's behind um, the boat. It's behind and underneath the boat. The same thing that you would have it was steering a. Uh, uh, anything else? Any, yeah, any other similar to like an, uh, right. an engine on a boat that sits down below, kind of out the back and below the boat. Sure. And as it turns a certain direction, it pushes, you know, propels the water and makes the boat go in a different direction. And this basically uh-huh. works the same way. It just simply makes the water flow a different way around the, the tiller, you know, around the rudder, and that actually causes the boat to turn one way or the other. Well, you know what I'd like to do? I, I may, and I may, we may do this next, because I'm, I'm, I'm old and I get cold quick, so I don't want to do it in the winter. But what I think we might do next uh, next year is get all the blind sailors and all the crew and go out an afternoon and take a tape recorder and just record a blind like me show on as we're sailing. That would be as everybody awesome. does what they're what they're doing because there's there's you know blind if you've never been able to see. There are a lot of things you don't know what they look like because you never saw them. You, right. You, you had the advantage of being able to see it one time. Right. But if you're a total, you don't. You know, like the man was talking about a deer. This I've never seen a deer. I don't know what a deer looks like. I mean, wow. I know it's a four-footed animal and right. has antlers and it's hairy. Right. But she was telling me the difference between an elk and a deer. Well, that meant nothing to me because I've never seen either one. Exactly. Right. So we may, we may next. Let's plan on doing that next. That year. would be that would be a hoot. And I know these guys down here would love to have. Heck, if yeah. you come down, be prepared to do some work. And we'll have right. you. You'll be you'll be sailing. Well, I'm the. They'll put I'm the tiller the... in your hand, and away we go. Okay. All right, and we'll, it is a hoot. And we'll use uh, we'll use bottled beer so they can't hear us opening them. Yeah. Now that's another nice thing of sailing is you know having a little glass of wine while you're yeah. out there or uh, 
a beer, and uh, the, the gentleman's boat we were on is from uh, Scotland. So he turned me on to this beer. Uh, Boddington is the name of it. Really? And this beer, actually, it's an ale, a pale ale. It's got a real smooth taste, but when you pop the top and open it, it actually has a widget inside it that has gas in it, and when you pop the top, it shoots, it carbonates the beer. That's amazing. It is really. And what's, yeah. it, what's it called? It was like, I was like, wow, check that out. So I what? noticed the cans were a little taller, you know, a little, not so much larger, but just taller. And they were, and they were explaining to me, and sure enough, when you cracked one open, you could hear it. What, what is it called again? Uh, Boddington. 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 B-O-D-I-N-G-T-O-N-S. I, uh -huh. I always think of like Kensington, but it's Boddington. We'll just the name have of the to beer. see. Yeah, it's an English app. Very, very good. I was like, all um, right. Because, you know, whew. We'd had a heck of a night Saturday night out partying, and uh, <laughs> it was the hair of the dog, but it was a smooth hair. Well, we want to we apologize to all of you who don't imbibe. We don't want to try to get you to. We just uh, we do, and uh, and uh, we enjoy talking about it for some Yeah, and I tell you, this, this pale ale, I mean, there's sometimes when a nice yeah. beer um, or, or a nice red wine or a wine really really does, and it just goes nice with the meal. And, of course, you can get everything in, in alcoholic as well as non-alcoholic. Non well, sometimes it really just tantalizes the old taste buds to bring it up. We are getting close to 48, uh, almost 49 minutes into the show. You want to go over everything we've done? Why don't we, yeah, let me we do, do that, that real quick review here. here. get this whole thing. Are we got muffins in the oven ready? Muffins are in the oven. They're, okay. uh, they've got a few more minutes to go here. What What temperature? Uh, 350 degrees. 350. All right. And they uh, they should go at um, they had about about 35 minutes. And again, depending mm -hmm. on your oven, some ovens cook a little faster, some cook a little slower. So just check the oven. The main thing, the way you can really test these muffins to make see if they're done or not, is to stick a toothpick in it and pull it out. And if you run your finger up the toothpick, if you feel anything on it, still kind of moist like battery. Then, then they're not then, done. Then yeah, they're not they're not ready yet. But when yeah. you pull that toothpick out and they're nice and clean. Then yeah, they're ready to go. Well, you, you explained to Candace and, and Skyler tonight now that the reason dinner was late is because I couldn't do it at twelve thirty. I was I, I made you an hour late. Okay, <laughs> I'll see if that, I'll see how that goes. Over. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Sid, let's let's see what we did today. Yeah, today we did a meal in the crock pot, which was very simple. It was a two and a half pound roast with new potatoes and baby carrots and mushrooms. Along with the in the crock pot, the first thing we did was layer it with the uh, new potatoes and the carrots over that. And then we laid the roast in. And then I came back and added my broth, which was just a can of beef broth from Campbell's. Also a can of cream of mushroom soup. And a uh, package or pocket or packet, however you want to call it, of the Lipton's uh, onion soup. Put that all in the crock pot. I added about a can, oh, a little over a can of water. Also, right. just to bring the level up to uh, about two-thirds of the way full, put a, the lid on it, put it on high, the crock pot on high, and just walked away. And about 6.30 or 7 o'clock this evening, it'll be ready to eat. The beef will come out tender, 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 and uh, oh, just simply delicious. The potatoes, the carrots will all be cooked. Everything will be wonderful, ready to go. Uh, to go with dinner tonight, we're doing pumpkin muffins because it is pumpkin time. It is. And uh, we also, uh, the pumpkin muffins were uh, three cups of sugar, three and a half cups of flour. Also, there was some nutmeg in it, a, a teaspoon of nutmeg, a teaspoon of cinnamon, about a teaspoon and a half of sugar, 
about one and a half to two teaspoons of uh, baking soda, not powder, baking soda. Baking soda. That was the dry ingredient. All right. And uh, then in the wet ingredients were four eggs, a can of pumpkin, or two cups. It was a 16-ounce can of pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, man, I'm, I'm going blank here of whatever was in it. Uh, two-thirds of a cup of water. Basically, all the wet ingredients, you mix those up separately and then add them to the dry ingredients. Blend all those together, mix them up, and then just put them in your, your muffin tin. If it's a grease muffin tin, put it in there. If you're using the, the muffin papers, put it in the muffin papers. You want to bake that in a 350-degree oven for uh, about 35 minutes. And, again, use the toothpick test to check and see if they are done or not. You know, stick the toothpick in, pull it out. If the toothpick is clean, yeah. then, uh, then they're done. So they they make uh, these muffin papers that you're talking about. I've never seen. Well, they make. Yeah, have you ever had like a cupcake that was in like a, just a, had a uh, paper around it, like a paper cup around it? Yeah, but I didn't, could, I didn't know you could buy them. Yeah, those. you can buy them. Uh, they come in, of course, different colors, and they come in aluminum and uh, metal, or uh, metal, you know, aluminum as well. But they're pretty handy. They're nice because you can fill those, and then they keep your pan clean. And, if, you know, the muffins come out of the, the pan a little bit easier that way. Sometimes they'll kind of stick in the bottom if you're not careful. Did you you did you put any oil of any kind in this pan before you put the, the muffin batter in? No, there? because I was using the uh, because I was using the, the muffin papers. I did not. Oh, you did. If you weren't using the muffin papers, if you were just using the muffin pan, yeah, you'd want to spray it down with some vegetable oil. Okay, you, or maybe you, take a you know a stick of butter and just poop run around the um, yeah. sides of the muffin in the bottom. So you were using muffin papers instead yeah, of muffin. Yeah, I was using muffin papers. Now you and you so you set these on a cookie sheet. Uh, you set them in the actually in the the muffin pan. You know how the muffin pan has the, yeah. the twelve separate muffins. Yeah, these, oh. these papers just kind of, they're kind of just like a liner. What would be the advantage? The advantage would be that they would peel off easy, that your muffins wouldn't stick. Right, your muffins won't stick to the pan. So, and the pan, it's easier to clean the pan up, but the main thing is the muffins won't stick to the pan. You don't have to sit there and dig them all out. And then you say... As soon as they're done, you just take them and flip them out, and they just come right out. But the paper stays around the muffin until you're ready to eat it. Well, you say that they come in different colors now. Would that be for, like, a child's birthday party or something? Yeah, for a birthday party. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they'll make um, cupcakes, you know, and and different colors, or they have different designs on them as well that now kind of go with the different... The different um, themes of parties and things just to help stay with that. Some are white, some are pastel colors, some are, like I said, kind of aluminum material, a metal material. Yeah. Kind of metallic. So they're just, yeah, uh, pretty pretty cool little thing, unless you don't have them and you need them. <laughs> then yeah. you make that special trip to the store for them. Well, I, I didn't realize that. I mean, I wasn't, wasn't aware of that. I thought you just bake muffins in a muffin, you know. Right yeah, and a lot of times you can, depending on what you make. You know, with these, I think it was just easier because we're going to be making so many of them. The yield on this, I think, is going to be about 24 muffins because I filled up the first pan and I've still got plenty of batter left over. Yeah, so you're just going to do a second, muffins. a second batch. Yeah, second batch, which is good. Yeah. We're uh, we're definitely bread eaters around here. We love that stuff. Well, and I... the uh, the last thing we did was the uh, the no bake pumpkin cream pie. And that was uh, an eight ounce package of cream cheese and uh, about a teaspoon. I'm sorry, about a tablespoon of vanilla. Also, it had a half a stick of butter or four tablespoons of butter. It had a cup and a half of confectioner sugar, which is kind of like a, a I guess, a finer uh, powdered sugar, if you will. That's yeah. sold in a box uh, near the brown sugar and other cooking supplies. And uh, also two tablespoons of um, apple pie spice. 
put that in a bowl, mix it all up, and then add, after it's blended together, add one can of pumpkin and mix it up. Pour that into a graham cracker pie crust and put in the refrigerator and refrigerate. And, and that's, that's that. Six hours later, you've got a wonderful pumpkin pie. And that's it. That's amazing. A, a, a bakeless, um, there we go, a bakeless pumpkin pie. Was the, yeah, bakeless was, pumpkin pie. I'll watching. have to... Uh, have to send you that recipe, or you can log on there to the website. Well, how about making one while you're up here for Blind Weekend? How hey, be, I could do that. Be, are you bringing shrimp this time if you come? I can do out, that. Are they out of season? Are we... No, shrimp are always in season down They're here. always in season. We can, uh, yeah, in fact, I was thinking on doing that, bringing some shrimp up. And, yeah. uh, of course, it sounds like those boys coming down from Dallas, I've got a, a, a tamale-eating title to hold. Yeah, you do. Uh, John Bennett's coming. You've never met these boys, but uh, John Bennett, he can, he'll, he'll not beat you, but he'll, uh, <laughs> he'll, uh, he'll, he'll keep up with you, I believe. All right. Be interesting All right. To that see. sounds great. What, uh, let's see, this will run on the 24th, and then we had decided to do one, uh, the, the, uh, Friday before Thanksgiving, didn't we? Yeah. Did we talk yeah. about that, and you're going to cook? What do you, what do you think on that, on that show, we're going to do turkey. Basically, um, get everybody out, and uh, we're going to bake a turkey and also uh, smoke a turkey. Smoke a turkey and bake a turkey. You're yeah, not, you're not going to fry one. If I had my druthers, I'd be lining up for the smoked turkey every day, but I know a lot of people probably don't have a smoker. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do a smoked turkey and a baked turkey, and then uh, hopefully I'm going to get on the old cooking in the dark list and uh, ask people to start uh, sending me some of their favorite sides and stuffing. So I want to do, you know, uh, stuffing and maybe some mashed potatoes or uh, any, you know, any easy other easy sides that'll go gonna, with that. You're, gonna, you're not going to make dressing. dinner. You're not going to make dressing. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, stuffing make. or dressing. Yeah, kind of the same stuff. Uh, we've got a, a couple members have written in that somebody, you know, so and so brother-in-law makes this great stuffing, but of course he makes it like like a lot of people do. You don't really measure. You just throw some of that in, throw some of that in, and. So we're trying to get him to give us some, um, some actual measurements so well, that we can uh, let, me see. let everybody else know how he makes it. Let me see if I can get Luann to, because to, Luann can make the best dressing I've ever eaten. She is, All right. That's, that's one of her specialties. Let me see if she can, if she knows what she does, you know. Okay. All right, yeah, guys. Yeah, she does. Um, we'll be happy to, happy to do it down here. That's uh, Blind Mice Mart. What's the address? Give it real quick. Oh, blindmicemart.com. Yes. And, uh, all and that's the, it. All the sales, all the proceeds from purchases there go to fund scholarship money for the visually impaired. And it's so just... come shop, check us out. And uh, Cooking in the Dark is our email list. Come and join us. I mean, like I said, we've got people from yeah. across the United States, across countries. We're international now. So come and be a part of that. That's cookinginthedark-subscribe at topica.com. Topica is T-O-P-I-C-A. And that'll do it, won't it? And that's it. Good well, deal, Phil, sir. You have a great day and enjoy this beautiful weather. I will we can order too. a few more days like this. I'm I fixing to uh, go have me some Campbell's soup for lunch, and I'll talk to you in a day or two, sir. All right, my friend. Thanks you have again. Have a great one. Dale, I'm Dale Campbell. Campbell is cooking in the dark.